brand new agent, zero sales experience, 30 closings in your first six months. If I were to ask you, what is the one thing that you attribute that to? Like, where does this start? A new agent on our team, Sean McArthur, closed 30 deals in his first six months as a real estate agent. We recently did an episode with him, kind of interviewed, got some of the mindset behind it and heard his story, but we wanted to go into greater depth. So he and Matt sat down for a webinar over an hour and a half of excellent content going into the practical steps Sean has taken and is continuing to take and new tools that he's bringing to the table to continue to crush it in real estate and ranking top of the leaderboards. So enjoy this practical guide to crushing it um, and closing more deals in real estate. Brand new agent, zero sales experience, 30 closings in your first six months. If I were to ask you, what is the one thing that you attribute that to? Like, where does this start? The number one thing, there's so many things. The number one thing I think is staying disciplined. The skills will come. You'll learn so much as learning just by doing. There's so much in this business that you can be around, get knowledge. The knowledge will come. Taking action and being disciplined will solve so many problems in your business. 100% action wins, right, is too many people are getting ready to get ready. And there's a lot of, don't get me wrong, skills are crucial. But where do you learn the most skills you learn by doing so there's a difference in training and skill building. And so I don't think that our industry lacks for training. I think our industry lacks for skill building. And there's a massive difference between the two. And I think it's important that we understand that, especially this is um, you being a new agent. So training was a big part of your process, but the training didn't make you successful. It was taking the action after you got trained, being willing to be held accountable to the action, built those three things, training, action, and accountability, build a skill which leads to success. And so there's th there's two gaps in between training and skill building. A lot of people misinterpret and think that's the same thing. They, they could not be further apart. Training is one third of a skill building process. But if you get if you just learn, but you don't take action, and you're not accountable to implementing that action and continue doing training, you're not never going to build the skill that is necessary. So there's training, there's action, there's accountability. It, that's huge. It's 100%. Um, so I want to jump into mindset, man. Um, I know that's big for you. Uh, it's really big for me too. Um, I say this all the time. Everything in life starts with mindset. And so the mindset that I am coaching, that I am teaching, that um, I'm, I'm communicating to the team, I'm communicating to everyone that I can share with. I, I did two free Zooms to other teams this week just as a value add. Um, and the, I started them all both the same. Is We are all new agents in this new market. If you're listening right now, you should write that down. We are all new agents in this new market. Just so happens we have a new agent here with us that sold 30 houses in his first six months. So when I say a new agent, that doesn't mean an unproductive agent. That means you have to reframe your brain and go back to the basics and the fundamentals and restart because your memory, everything that you have done for the past three years, if you continue doing those, you will not get the same result. You have to forget all of that stuff and realize that I have to adjust to this new market and you have to be ahead of the new market instead of doing what I used to do, because what you did last year isn't going to work this year. And for the new agents that are on here, this is literally the best time ever to be in real estate because we don't have those bad habits. I don't know what COVID was like when the market was booming. This is the only market I know. And so I'm going to keep working like this market forever. So when the market, you know, when things go crazy, I've already been doing the same steps. And I mean, who knows what business will keep doing as we keep growing these skills. So 
Dude, that's such so so much value there because it's a lot of people will say, well, I wish I would have been in the market uh, whenever it was easier, right? Or whenever it was multiple offers, it was this. Um, but I love your mindset around that. It's it reminds it reminds me of a story when I first started. I remember when I first started. I mean, we weren't in any craziness like we came off of and we're in now. So it was wasn't wasn't exactly like it is. Like this is way more extreme on both ends. Um, but I remember talking to agents that I was trying to learn from as I was newer in the business, and the conversation was, "Well, you should have been here two years ago. It was easy then." Like, and I've taken that mindset and realized that I was I started when it was a little tougher. And because of that, I built the grit, the skills, the determination that I'm going to succeed in any market regardless. And so I love that you're looking at that through the mindset of opportunity, because if you realize if you're open minded, you realize that we're all new agents in this new market and you look at this to the mindset of a massive opportunity that it truly is, you can absolutely dominate because not everyone is going to look at those things. As an example, one of those Zooms, I was on one. It's a top performing team. Like I think they're number two in the state that I was zooming into yesterday. And um, one of the agents, they may be on here and I don't, I'm not, not talking bad about them, but one of the agents said multiple times as they were kind of uh, giving me some feedback on some advice that I had given was, well, I've been in the business 30 years and that's just not how it works. And so I went back to the beginning is completely understand, but this isn't 30 years ago. How I started this Zoom, how I started this webinars were all new agents in this new market. And the most expensive thing you can own ever the most expensive thing you can own is a closed mind. And if you are stuck in the past, you are not going to make it through this market. So let this be your wake up call. I hope this opens some eyes of it is going to, you're going to have to do different action to breed a different result. Like what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Like what I'm going to do the same thing over again and expect something different to happen, especially as this market is transitioning, we have to adjust and be ahead of the market. And so I think that's a huge part of, of the mindset. Um, anything else on mindset, Sean, you want to cover? No, there, that's, there's just so much to that, especially as you're starting out when things get tougher, just keeping that same mindset of like, Hey, I know what my end, keeping the end in mind. It just matters so much to how you operate every single day. It's huge. Yeah, um, start with the end in mind for sure. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna break that down a little bit um, as we go through here. One of the things that I think has contributed to my success, and I know Sean, you you as well, because you've been in some of these rooms with me, and I know the trainings. And did you show up every single day ready to learn with an open mind? Uh, but I I pride myself on being the biggest student in the room, no matter what room I'm in. And I think a lot of people have that mindset of, well, I've already heard this before, and so. Um, like we've experienced this, like at a sales mastery event, um, dude, you brought this up to me. Um, you said mm -hmm. I'm sitting next to people and like, we had great conversations and they're talking about their success in the business. And then all of a sudden they just zone out in the middle of the conference and start, they just bury themselves in their phone. And I look over and they're on social media. They're not even doing anything productive. And it's because they have the mindset of, well, I've heard this before. And I'm just here to challenge you is not, it's not about learning new things. One of my mentors, Ed Milet, says the secret to business is not teaching new things to new or it's not it's not the secret is not teaching new things to old people. It's teaching old things to new people. What he means by that is mastery of the basics and the fundamentals is how you win. You don't have to find the new shiny object. You don't have to find the new secret lead source because there aren't any. 
yes, there's nuances, there's, there's subtleties. There are things that you can skip steps, right? There are, there are pathways that you can take to speed up the process, but ultimately the fundamentals always win. And I think it's so important that you realize that mastery is everything. If you're not willing to master what you do on a daily basis, you're not going to win, especially in this market. And so having the mindset of being the biggest student in the room and mastering things is so, so crucial. As a matter of fact, mastery is required in this market. Find something, go all in on that. Learn how to be the best at that. And then once you have that mastered, here's my definition of mastery. You learn it, you do it, and you do it enough where you can teach it. Once you can teach it to others, you have started opening the box of mastery. Because teaching something versus learning something are completely opposite, right? And so if you can teach it to others and you can teach the subtleties and the nuances and you can answer their questions, now you've began the mastery process. Now you can add other layers and other things to your skill set and repertoire. Like, but you have to focus on mastering the basics first. Um, I think it's so important, like the growth, dude, I, I already hit on this, but it's as I've went through my career and being a coach and um, having an amazing team that we have, like one of the things that I've learned is that the subtleties and the nuances, these little itty bitty levers, my coach and mentor and friend, John Cheplak says it's the tiny hinges that swing big doors, mm -hmm. right? It's the simple little things compounded over a period of time that make the biggest, biggest result. And so focus on those little things. All right, let's jump into the next point. Sean, I'm going to ask you a question. So what you're going to close 30, 30 transactions in your first six months. What sets you apart from the average agent that sells five to six homes a year, according to the National Association of Realtors? What sets you wow. apart? That's a tough question. Um, I think there's really three big things probably that I would contribute that to. Um, the first is treating my business like a business. Um, I show up at the office and if you don't have an office, wherever you end up working, treat it like a business. So I show up to the office 8am every single day, no exception. Um, the rest of my morning, I'll show my calendar later and kind of how I do my mornings, but regardless of whether I have a good morning, a bad morning, whatever, if I'm late getting up, whatever, I'm at the office no later than 8am. If I can be here at 745, awesome. I have 15 extra minutes of my day. Um, but I treat my business like a business. Um, I never gave myself. So for people that don't know, um, I have an army background. Um, just got out of the army actually in August. So it hasn't been that long. Um, so I knew when I got out, I wanted to keep the same disciplines and showing up to the office and treating it um, like I was at a nine to five job every single day. So I'm here till eight to five, six, seven. I'm always at the office because I know I'm most productive when I'm sitting in front of my laptop and in the computer and in the right environment um, to breed that success. Yeah, and I think part of that too, let me hit on that, is that it's a lot of people say, well, I can work from home. And maybe you can. But what you're missing at home is you're missing sitting next to Sean and hearing him celebrate a win. You're sit missing sitting next to Sean where you have a question that Sean can help you work through. When you're sitting next to someone else at the office that um, handles an objection on a phone call and you're like, oh, wow, I learned from that one. Right. Like the daily learning that goes on in an environment like ours is unmatched and you don't get that working from home. And so I encourage you, like one of the things we focus on is education. It's one of our core values. Right. And that's one of the reasons Sean is super, super successful is he treats his business like a business. He meets beats me to the office most times. Um, and when I lock up, like I'm like, hey, Sean, are you ready to leave yet? Like he's always there and always willing to do the work that it takes. Um that's a big key to his success, but he's also willing to jump in and help others. I think contribution is a huge key to success that a lot of people don't mention enough. 
Um, there's a lot of people that are in commission-based businesses, they tend to get very selfish and self-driven. And don't get me wrong, we're all selfish beings as human beings. It's just human nature. But what I have realized and what people like Sean and other people that I'm fortunate to be around and amazing team leaders, number one of brands throughout the country in different environments that I'm um, circles that I'm able to run in is that the people that win at very, very high levels, they don't keep secrets. They don't back, they don't backstab people. They don't gossip about people. They believe truly in contribution and they give everything away. Like the more you give, the more you get. And I think Sean is a shining example of that. Like even as a newer agent, he's the first one to jump in and help someone when they have a problem. Like we, he, him and um, some other people on the team led our sales meeting last week because I wasn't able to be there, right? Like it's like volunteerism and contribution is a huge part of success that maybe you don't always get to like see that on a measuring stick, but it's super, super important and part of the process to be successful because what what did Sean get by contributing and teaching to the team? He was able to master something for his own self and he was able to contribute to others. And that's so huge. And then I also look at it too is, of course, it's a business and we're competing, but it's a healthy competition. What are you doing to partner with those people? Um, anyone that's here that wants to reach out to me, of course, well, I would love to talk and there's no secrets. We'll give everything away. I've always found that's the best way I learn. And I just love giving back to other people. I know, man, I know everything. I definitely don't know everything, but if I know just one little piece more than you, I would love to help get back. And I love to learn from other people too. I feel like whenever I contribute, people also contribute back just even one little nugget. Um, and then I also love to ride that wave of partnership and being able to work together to solve goals and compete healthily in a healthy environment. Not, not these aren't yeah. my leads. These are, you know, being able yeah. to work together. It's awesome. Yeah. And that, that healthy competition, right. Is, is it crucial? But I think, I think I want to, I want to um, change something you said there is that mm -hmm. um, I think that it's not necessarily knowing more than someone else. It's seeing it through a different lens or a different angle, right? Either you've had this experience. And so you see it from a different perspective. And I think different perspectives are so, so crucial for growth. It's not like someone's idea is better than the others. It's just being open-minded, right? Going back to the beginning to listen to other people to see how they can help you grow from their perspective. 100%, that's so true. Um, so what else? What else sets you apart? You talked about your business like a business. What else? So the other thing is um, building the skills. So a lot of what's missing is we get into the business, we take our real estate licensing course and we think, all right, cool, that's it. Now I know everything there is to be an agent. And I'll learn it. That 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 course did not teach you everything there was to be an agent. Um, I'll just sorry to break the news for anybody that's new or it's been in the business. That course did not teach you everything. Um, it doesn't teach you anything about selling real <laughs> estate. Let's be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. I've told people that have been getting their license, hey, take the test and then dump all that. We'll we'll teach you everything once you get in. Um, so being very deliberate every single day, adding to my skill set through education, through our training. Um, the biggest thing right now is role-playing, building that skill every single day, even if it's just for a little bit of time, um, sharpening that ax, sharpening that sword every single day is huge. Yeah. And, and, and people say role-play, well, that's stupid, right? Like I know how to talk to people. I've been in the business 30 years. I don't need a role-play. Well, have you been in this exact market? Have you used this exact script? And have you had these objections of the interest rates doubled in the past 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Have you ever done that before? I doubt it, right? And if you even if you did, did you master it? And so here's how I look at it is I compare everything to sports, right? And so where do like who are the the athletes that are the elite athletes? They're the ones that are first one to show up to practice. They study game film late at night. 
Like they do their practice, they do the role play. And so they perfect it on the field. Like too many people practice until they get it right. Don't practice till you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. That's where mastery comes in. That's where elite level skill set comes in. It's quit practicing until you get it right. Keep practicing until you can't get it wrong. And that's where role play comes in, especially with these new objections that we're handling, especially with it's guys, we're professionals here. It is our job to educate the community, the communities and clients that we serve. And we can't educate them if we're not practicing. And if we're not practicing before we're calling our clients, guess what? We're practicing on them. We have the privilege of helping them with the biggest purchase or sale of their life on a daily basis in this business. And if we don't practice our skill set, we don't educate ourselves, we are practicing on them. They deserve better. You have to practice. You have to role play. You have to educate yourself because that is your duty to help people that you are serving in your community. Um, what about, there's one more that I think is important. And um, you and I've talked about this before, but um, so treat your business like a business, 100%. Um, build your skill sets, um, educate yourself, but also you have to have a plan, right? You have to have clarity on what it is you're trying to accomplish. A hundred percent. Every single day I know when I get to the office, what I need to do um, that day to get the goal that I want at the end of the week, to get the goal that I want at the end of the month, three months and a year. Um, if you don't know exactly what those are, that's crucial. If you Then you're just kind of showing up to work blindly, making some phone calls here, making some phone calls there, just seeing what happens by accident. You have to know exactly what your targets are to make each just every single day a victory for that day. hundred percent. And I, I mean, I say it all the time, but if you fail to plan, like if I were to ask everyone in, on here right now, hey, do you plan to fail? Like go ahead and answer in the Q&As. Do you guys plan to fail? Yes or no? Do you plan to fail? Like I'd be willing to bet everybody puts no, right? No one plans on failing. It's a part of the process. You have to be okay with failure. But if you, so if you don't plan to fail, why are you failing to plan? You have to have a plan otherwise. So if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's so crucial. You have to build a plan. And it doesn't have to be some big elaborate 38 page business plan, like one page, the basics, break it down and break it down and put it in your calendar to build that consistency. And that goes into our next point. One of the, dude, there's a common theme that I've seen, like success leaves clues. Like that's a big part of my success journey, which I am just getting started, by the way. Uh, but that's a big part of my progression in my life has been finding those clues that other successful people leave and picking up on them and applying them in my business. And so one of the things that I constantly hear, and I've seen it with you too, is calendar consistency. You live and breathe by your calendar because in this business, if you don't act on purpose, you are living in chaos. And so talk to us a little bit about calendar consistency and how that's helped you in this business. So it's been huge. So before I started here, um, I never used my calendar for anything. I, maybe I put a doctor, I have a dental appointment on Thursday at three. That's what I'd use my calendar for. Um, and my, I think my third week here, we had a training where they talked about um, a big coach that we use a lot. They, here, here's our ideal calendar. This is what I time blocked everything. He goes so far as like time blocking showers, snacks, like he time blocks it in detail. And I took their schedule and I made that into mine. And I've even using it since day one, before I even finished my licensing, I was like, all right, I know I need to make this change. This is what these successful people do. 
I'm going to put this in my business. I took that action immediately. He's told us what his schedule was. I time blocked it on my calendar and I haven't changed. And I've, I've, I've adjusted it, of course, as I've got into, you know, the business, but I took that calendar and I've used that every single day since. Dude, that's, um, as you were saying that something popped in my head. Like I follow a lot of successful people, like truly successful people, um, from Ed Milet, Andy Frisella, like those are two big mentors that are like billionaires, right. That, um, I go to events I have masterminds with, like, um, that I'm, I'm able to get in those rooms and make me uncomfortable. Right. Um, but if you really boil it down to you find anyone that is truly successful at an elite level that has sustained that success over a period of time, I'm not talking about the guy that got lucky, right. Or the guy that, um, just happened to fall into success, right. It's, these are consistent effort, consistent success on a growth trajectory over a period of time. The more detailed their calendar is, the more successful they are. Like that's a clue that success leaves. Like you find a billionaire, I dare you to find a billionaire that has grown over year, over year, over year that doesn't live and die by their calendar. It doesn't exist. So why do we as real estate agents think that we can outsmart what the successful and elite people do? This business, entrepreneurship, real estate, like it is tough. And there's so many moving parts getting thrown at us on a daily basis. You have to control what you can control, control the controllables. And so here's why it's so important. If I were to ask you, like this is everyone on the Zoom. If I were to ask you, go ahead and type this in the chat. You have to pick one. There's no, well, both are important. You have to pick one. Which one is the most important to you in your life? Time or money? Go ahead and put that in the chat. Which is most important to you? Which is most valuable? The amount of money you make or the amount of time that you have? Time or money? Which one's more valuable? Well, we have a lot of elite people here because everyone's saying time. That's what everyone that has an elite mindset that is going to accomplish great things in their life say time. And if you say money, you're not wrong. That's just the, the trajectory of your life that you're on because money's very important. Money's not a bad thing. I want more money. I can help more people with more money. So let me be very clear about that. But here's why time is more valuable. If I were to say, Sean, if I were to tell you, dude, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a million dollars, make that $10 million. I'm going to give you $10 million just because I'm going to give it to you. You'd like nothing could ruin your day. You'd be in the best mood ever. You'd have the best day ever. Like, here you go. But I had an, a, a stipulation to that. The only way you can accept that is you're not able to wake up tomorrow. No, no amount of money. You waking up tomorrow is worth more than $10 million. So tell me again, how money is more valuable than time. So why do we spend all this time budgeting our money? We don't budget our time, which is our most valuable commodity. Because once you use that time, you don't get it back. Control your calendar. Calendar consistency and calendar discipline is crucial. Sean, I see a question here. Um, let me go back up to it. Thank you guys for participating, by the way. Sean, what did your plan look like at the very beginning when you did not know anything about real estate? That, so that's actually a really, really good question. Um, I'm really, really big on, um, so as far as my daily plan, I didn't really have one until I got into the business. I didn't know what to plan for. I didn't know what it looked like. So my biggest piece of advice for once you're in the business is find a mentor, a coach, someone who you lean up to, whether it's a team leader, another team leader, somebody, depending on where you're at, find them and whatever they're doing, lean on that for a while, see what works, take that and run with it. Um, as far as before I knew about real estate, I actually... I'm huge on vision boards. So I had a huge vision board before I even got in the business of where I wanted to look like at the end of this year. 
Spoiler alert, Dude, tell I that, the- tell that story. Okay. So last year, December of last year, while I was still active duty in the army, all that stuff, um, I'd make my one in ten, five and 10 year plans. Who knows what my bit look, life will look like in 10 years, but I know the targets I want to hit. How will I hit them? No idea. I'm going to take some action along the way. Um, my one year targets were to the agent of the month, uh, be on a podcast and some other, you know, some big things like that. Um, that was before I even hit my license. Uh, three weeks ago to the day, one week before that one year mark, I was agent of the month um, for last month. And I was also on my very first podcast. Um, it was huge for me. I did not know how I was going to be there, but I had that goal in mind of, I don't know what it's going to take, but I, I, this is what I want. Um, it, crazy stuff happens when you, when you vision it and when you take the action to get there, um, crazy stuff happens. Dude. Yeah. Having a, having a vision for what you want and then dissecting that down into the daily action that it takes, putting it on your calendar and sticking to it. Um, it produces crazy results. Like there's like, I, I can't explain it, man. Um, but that's like, I get goosebumps every time you tell that story because the part that he said that very quickly, but the part that he kind of left out there is he was still in the military had not even considered, like he hadn't asked us if he could join the team. He hadn't even considered asked if he could get out of the military yet, but he made a vision board of I'm going to be on this real estate team. I want to be a part of this. I'm going to be the buyer's agent of the month and I'm going to be on a podcast because this is my life's plan and goal. Like he created that vision for his life. And then was willing to do the work that it took to create it. Like the power of visualization, guys, is unmatched. You have to create that clear plan. Um, such a great story. Um, so it's daily tasks. Like, so let me try to help here. Um, whoever was asked that question, daily tasks are number one, if you're on a team, um, buy into the team, right? You have to, they have a proven model of success. And if you need help with that, that's what all or nothing in real estate is all about. It's a platform to give back to, to the industry. It's given so much to me. And so I'm happy to have a conversation. We can have a free call, um, go over what that plan looks like. I'm sure Sean would be available if you'd like to talk to him privately on what that looks like. But mm-hmm. daily actions, like here's, here's let me break down a simplified version is you need a role play a minimum of 30 minutes per day. Role play on the scripts of who you're going to call during your power hour, power hour. Minimum two hours if you're new in the business of proactive prospecting, follow-ups, in the trenches, creating that snowball effect of momentum in your business. Like, so that's two and a half hours of work a day. If you do that and do nothing else, you will be successful. If you have good lead flow, you have good skills, you have a good team that you're a part of, like that's truly all that it takes. Now, take in mind that there are meetings you'll be a part of. There are um, skills that you have to build. There's also like you're going to have to show these people or list their homes, whichever side of the transaction you're on or both. Um, So there is that stuff for the afternoon. But if you master your mornings with that two and a half hours is that's all you focus on and you have tunnel vision and nothing distracts you and you actually play all out two and a half hours a day. Like if you do that for 90 days straight and you, you pull your head up after 90 days, you fall in love with that process. You will not recognize your business. Promise you. The problem is most people get distracted. And they won't do it for a consistent, they do it for a week and don't have a result and they stop. Well, I did, I did an hour today, so that's good enough. Like you have to be committed and be consistent with your goals. So I hope that helps. Whoever asked that question, if you'd like to um, message me uh, privately and we can have a, a call if you need some more clarification on that. That's, that's, that's kind of the basics, but there's obviously, obviously more nuances to that. Uh, Sean, anything else you want to hit on in your calendar? Like, do you want to go over maybe your ideal schedule quickly? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll hit my schedule real quick. Um, so typically I wake up every morning, 4.45. Um, I like to wake up early, I'm just used to that. 
Um, I hit the gym, um, do a miracle morning routine. If you don't know what that is, we can explain it later. Um, it's a great book too, the miracle morning. Basically it's just a little bit of reading, um, some education, uh, some visualization, see where I want to be for the next day. Um, and then getting ready. Um, that's from five to seven 30. I give myself plenty of time to hit the gym, do all that stuff. No matter what happens, if any of that goes long, car breaks, whatever happens, um, I make sure I'm at the office no later than 8 a.m. every single day. Um, and then I have um, my prep for the day, kind of see what inboxes, tasks I have, if I've received messages, emails, whatever, um, and then kind of plan out my rest of my day. And then I do a quick market study every morning from 8 to 8.45, um, kind of see so what you the trends plan, are. you plan your day in the morning? Plan my day every single morning. And then have an agent huddle from 8.45 to 9. Um, we kind of meet as a team, kind of go over, you know, some quick agent huddle stuff. Then we do role play every single day from 9 to 9.30. It's time blocked on the calendar, um, and we're role playing every single day. We've actually stayed on the exact same script for the last three weeks. Um, we're working on mastery right now. Haven't changed it at all. Um, and then I do my first so let me hour. Let me, let me ask, yeah, let, me, let me dive in on that. So, Sean, mm -hmm. um, someone that's listening. Like I, I, I understand it. And I dude, I'm so proud of the team for sticking with it. Right. But um, someone that may not understand it, why, you why you need to role play the same script 30 minutes, every single day for three weeks straight. Don't you know it by now? <laughs> There's so many nuances to that script. It, Cause it's not like when I talk to somebody on the phone, they're not going to have the exact same response every time. And I'm actually now working on internalizing it. So I can actually take pieces of that script and put them in other conversation. That's what I've been really, really focusing on last week or so. I feel, I realized I've found taking whole paragraphs. I have them memorized and put them into a random conversation that I had with somebody else, not even looking at the script in the car. I'm like, wow, this works. What do you know? <laughs> Dude, that sounds like mastery to me. That's awesome. Cool. I just wanted to hit on that. that that's a huge point. Oh, it is. That, that's, that's huge. Um, and then I had my first prospecting hour from 930 to 1030. Um, that's where I'm sitting down going again during that morning plan. That's where I'm also figuring out who I'm prospecting to get my list together, uh, figuring out what I'm calling on, um, stuff from like there. And then I'll do follow up maintenance and by when maintenance, I mean, checking on files when you've got nine under contract at one time, you're doing a lot of maintenance, trying to make sure, you know, everything's going the way it should be. Um, follow so up. let me jump in there. Mm -hmm. So many people would tell me, well, I have to respond to that lender at nine o'clock. Um, even though that's I'm supposed to role play, that lender messaged me. I got to respond to them at nine o'clock. They can't wait till noon or twit ten thirty for me to handle that maintenance. What would you say to that person? I thought the exact same thing when I first started. Um, I grew up in the world where I get a text, I need to respond in ten seconds. I realized, turns out, they'll be okay if you wait two hours. It wasn't an immediate. You know, they're still going to be there. Honestly, a lot of the time, the the problem may have worked itself out before you respond. You respond, oh yeah, we already got the information we needed. Okay, awesome. Um, they can wait. Um, your career and your future success a lot of times depends on them waiting an hour. Set yourself yeah, up and, for success. And so there are real fires, but 99% mm -hmm. of what real estate agents say are fires are not fires. They can wait an hour to you done with your prospecting and then you can clean up the fire. Right. Like, okay. and so again, that's calendar consistency, guys. Those little things, it sounds like, oh, well, that that doesn't that doesn't work for me. If you're in that mindset of that doesn't work for you, then you're not going to have the success that Sean has. Because like I said earlier, the people that actually stick to their calendars, like he has catch up time in his calendar for that reason to catch up at that time. Are there exceptions? Sure. But it's 1% of the time that you think there should be exceptions if you're a normal real estate agent, because every fire is not really a fire. It can wait.
And then I do, of course, I have an hour time block for lunch, whether I want to make my lunch, go out, whatever, have an hour for lunch. And then I have my second prospecting hour right after lunch. So I've already eaten, I'm pumped up, ready to roll um, one to two o'clock. You'll sometimes catch that lunch crowd. That just works for me. Um, and then from two o'clock to six o'clock, that's just dollar productive activities. So that's where I'm setting up all my uh, buyers consultations, where my showings, negotiating, all that stuff is from two to six. And then go home a couple hours. And then I have another education um, learning block every night from 8.30 o'clock to nine o'clock. That's awesome, man. Hey, um, guys that are listening to this, would you uh, would you like it if Sean would be open to uh, sharing a copy of his ideal daily schedule with you? Uh, let me see in the chat. Um, Sean, would you be willing to do that if they're interested? Oh, 100%. I'd love to. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we see. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> just just yeah. a few responses. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Um, that's what they came for, right? Um, they came for you, man. Um, so good stuff. Yeah, we'll share that with you guys. We'll send it out in an email. Um, so all of you that register, we have your email. We'll send it out to everyone that registered so you can have a copy of that. Um, dude, that's good stuff. So I want to talk about something that I think gets in the way of a lot of real estate agents, and that is overwhelm. I think a lot of people get stuck in overwhelm. And it, they get stuck in overwhelm because of multiple reasons. Number one, there's a lot of changes going on in the market, right? There's a lot of moving parts. Um, but we also try to do too much. And we try to, and what happens is we don't, I'm guilty too, I'm not perfect. I don't always stick to my calendar like I should. And every time I don't, I regret it because I have to play catch up the next day. And that carries over to the next day. And that carries over to the next day. Like procrastination is the enemy of success. And so if you can quit procrastinating and you can focus on what you need to do today, that really, really helps with overwhelm. Um, another thing too is, and I heard a story the other day, and I'm going to do my best to, to share my version, um, but I call it take the next step. And so it's from a book. It's, um, I don't remember what the name is, a boy and a horse in the woods. I don't know, something like that. Um, but it's basically, here's the story. There's a boy and there's a horse that are in the woods. And the boy says, he like panics and he says, I can't see my way through the woods. And the horse somehow talks. But anyway, the horse says, well, can you see, can you at least see your next step? So the boy is saying, I can't see my way through the woods. What am I going to do? I don't know how to get out of here. And the horse says, well, can you see your next step? And the boy says, yes. So the horse says, okay, then just take that. Just take the next step. Just do the next right thing right Sometimes we look at the journey, we look at the long game, we look at the goals that we set for ourselves, and we become overwhelmed with what it's going to take to become that person that can accomplish that. But if we just narrow that in and we realize that we just need to focus on taking the next step, because that next step that we take gets us closer to that end game, gets us closer to that end goal. So just focus on taking the next step. A lot of times that I use that, I use that in my power list. I call that winning the day. I have five critical tasks every single day. And if I get those done and get those done um, at an elite level, then I win the day. Sometimes I do 25 tasks, but I get the five critical ones done first, right? It's so crucial that I keep that momentum going over a daily basis and it, it prevents you from having that overwhelming feeling. We're in real estate. And if you're a busy real estate agent, overwhelm is going to come. It's not going to get rid of it, right? Sean's going to break down some of that, some of those trials and tribulations and struggles he's had. Um, as getting going, believe it or not, there's been a couple of times where Sean thought about giving up in real estate, right? Like it's been tough. It's not, it's not always an easy business, 
but he's learned and progressed and been able to overcome and adapt and have the success story that he has. Um, I have a quote too, and I think you guys should write this down. I think this is very crucial, and it's something that I focus on on a daily basis is um, we we have so much that we can focus on. We can go super wide in real estate, right? We have all of these different moving parts that we can focus on, but you can't be the best at all of those at once. And so when you narrow your focus, you expand your potential because you can master that one thing. Go back to Sean's story of three weeks in a row, the same exact script or role playing every single day. He is mastering that script. He's not trying to learn 30 different scripts in 30 different days. He's going to learn that one script 30 times over so he can master it. Makes a massive difference in your business. And if you do that over a period of a year's time, now you say one month, you master one thing a month as an example. One thing a quarter, depending on how big it is. That's four new skills that you have mastered that you now have in your tool belt versus just maybe getting a little bit better in, in 10 different aspects. Makes a big, big difference. So just take the next step. Um, that ties into people overestimate what they can do in a day and underestimate what they can do in a year. Guys, a year's a long time. You can accomplish so many things. Go back to Sean's vision board story, right? Like that was probably a little bit unrealistic and uncomfortable when you made that vision. You were still in the military. You weren't licensed in real estate. You weren't on the team. Yeah. <laughs> hadn't even talked to you yet. <laughs> yeah. We hadn't even met. Right. Um, but uh, Sean was a past client that turned into a raving fan that earned his way on the team, by the way. There's more to that story. Um, but it's so crucial that you realize that why things get overwhelmed is because we procrastinate. We think, well, I can do more tomorrow. Guys, there's only there's only so much time in a day. And we always think, well, I'll do that tomorrow. Sometimes you have to remember tomorrow. Like, I love quotes. So what I mean by that is I, whenever I find myself and I catch myself, man, I want to snooze because I'm going to hit the snooze button on my alarm because I want to work out today. Or I don't need to make my recruiting calls today. Or I don't need to return this email. Or I don't need to do this lead generation task. Or I don't need to do this open house. I can do that tomorrow. I catch myself. and I, It's a trigger for me. And I immediately do that task because I have a quote that I say to myself all the time, remember tomorrow, because my tomorrow self will either be proud of what I did the day before or regret the person that put that more shit on my plate the next day. So remember tomorrow and take the next step. Um, one of my coaches, Chep, John Cheplak says, do the next right thing, right? It sounds super simple, but that's the secret to success, right? Do the next right thing and do it right. It's pretty simple. So put your focus on the next right thing and do it right. As an example, again, Sean's role play story. Sean, um, I talk a lot about winning the day, right? I hit on that a little bit with my power list. Um, you're very consistent with your calendar. Um, so what does a win look like for Sean? Like if you win the day, what does that look like for you? So there's a couple of things. So the number one thing I always look at every single day is, am I getting, am I 1% better? Um, I've heard that talked about in a few groups and some coaches talk about, am I 1% better than I was yesterday? I don't need to be a whole new me. I don't need to have six pack abs and being able to call anybody and convert them on anything. Am I just 1% better than I was yesterday? Um, that's one way I win. That's one big thing I look at, at the end of the day. Was I 1% better? Dude, um, so, let me hit on that. 1% mm -hmm. better each and every day for a full year, that is 37 times better over the course of the year. 37 times 
by doing 1% better every single day. The compound effect of that will absolutely transform your life. That's where consistency comes in. 1% each and every day is 37 times better in a year's time. Massive. Keep going. Sorry. Oh, I mean, just speaking on that, have I changed at all since I first started as an agent even a few months ago? Oh, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm working 1% better every day on my communication, my sales. I didn't have any of those skills. I've never had that. So I'm working on every single day, just getting a little bit better. Um, The other thing I work on every day is, um, am I contributing to someone else, either in my community, in my office, somewhere? Um, Am I giving back to another agent? Am I giving back to a client? Am I making someone else's life better? So I can get as much better as I want, but if I'm not contributing to someone else that day, I don't think I had a really good day. Um, Of course, there's those days where you're not getting out of bed, whatever, but I want to make someone's life better just a little bit every single day. And then my last thing, and then my last thing is we talked about what's your business plan? What are your numbers? I know I need to have X amount of conversations, dials, whatever, every single day. So for me right now to hit my goals for the rest of the year, I have to have 10 conversations every single day. So I can break that down to my prospecting hours. Oh, I need five conversations this hour for this hour, et cetera. I love it. And so know your numbers, right? And then stick to it. Um, and these are great questions. Um, Kennedy, Joe, uh, we'll get back. We'll get to those at the end. Um, I'm kind of running behind here. I like to talk a lot. So um, I want to give you guys the other value that Sean wants to drop here. And then we'll absolutely answer those questions at the end. So thank you for, um, I have seen those. I just, I want to be, give you the time that you deserve to answer that after the webinar. Um, so Sean, Training, education, coaching, like I'm a lifelong learner. I believe in education is one of our core values. As a newer agent, what has had what training or coaching has had the biggest impact on your success? So the experiential learning that we talked about, being in the office, being around other agents, being in those right, I've learned so much. Just listening to their phone conversations, having a quick one-off conversation. I learned so much from just getting around those people. Um, our morning huddles are really big. Um, so if you're not having sometimes to meet with other people that are like-minded either on your team, other teams, what other networks, that's huge. And then um, sales mastery, I learned a ton getting out of my comfort zone. That's where for me, the mind shifts, mind, you know, uh, mind shift uh, as far as like looking at role play, that was huge going to, I, I came, overcame my fear. I hated role play when I first started um, going to sales mastery. I overcame that. And I've been role playing every day ever since. Love it, man. Um, what about, um, is there any training like inside the team or um, anything like conversations maybe you and I have had or someone else on the team that has really been like an aha for you, like a big takeaway? So even though I've only been an agent for a few months, sometimes you you see that new shiny thing and you kind of forget about what you first learned when you first started. Um, so we've been doing these sales, these trainings, um, agent excellence program, going back to the basics of, all right, what's a buyer's consultation? Even though I've only been an agent a few months, I've already stopped doing stuff that worked three months ago that when I got all those under contract, I stopped doing that and, you know, kind of, all right, I'll, I don't need to do that same process this time. I'll try something new. I got that down. Um, going back to those, I realized how far off I'd fallen. So getting back to those trainings, it's super crucial. Yeah, dude, the fundamentals always win, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. um, I'll let everyone in on a little secret. So we started a new program called Agent Excellence Program. Like we're all new agents in this new market. Literally what I took to build that course, um, me and uh, Lauren, I don't know if she's on here, but she's um, one of the leadership on our team, went back to onboarding and we revamped, it's onboarding 2.0. And 
everyone is raving about how amazing, how much value it is, even though they've already went through it because they understand on our team, that's the importance of going back to the basics. Right. And, um, and it's a 2.0 course. So like you guys have had the experiential learning and the experience. So it's easier to have those conversations now, but I highly recommend everyone does that. Go back through your onboarding, revamp it and go back to the basics and the fundamentals because that's what's going to take and win in this market. It's those little tiny hinges that swing those big doors, right? Um, dude, we're going to jump into um, uh, prospecting, overcoming setbacks, objections. Um, that's kind of how we're going to wrap this up. But before before we do that, like I think another important note is make sure you're in an environment that is growth oriented. Make sure you have a network. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a network of growth oriented people, you don't have a, a team to rely on um, or an office that's like motivating, inspiring. That's what this movement, All or Nothing in Real Estate is about. At the end, I'll share, I'll share some links where you guys can join our private group. You're going to have access to me. Like it's truly just a way to give back. Um, so we wouldn't want to be that for you um, if we can. So, um, but that's so crucial to growth. Um, I think it's also important to note that outside events are have been crucial to my growth. And I know, Sean, you mentioned Sales Mastery as an example. There's a, I don't remember the same, but it's something like you're never a hero in your own hometown. And sometimes you have to look up and you have to get out of your comfort zone and go around other like-minded people in these rooms, in these environments. And it helps you look through a different perspective. And it helps you understand that there are people that believe in contribution. There are people that um, it's just a different way to learn. And like we talked earlier, it's not necessarily a no more. They maybe know it from a different viewpoint. And there's so much that you can pick up and you can learn from that. So outside events are crucial. Um, like as an example, uh, one of our, um, we, we hosted an event this year, right? All or nothing did a success summit. It was just a way to give back, right? It was, um, I know events have been huge for me. Um, I think we, what do we charge? Like five tickets for 199 bucks or something. Yeah, it was We crazy. had Damon West, a national best-selling author that speaks for a living, come and speak. Um, yeah, so it was um, definitely lost money on it. it wasn't a money making thing. It was a um, value add to give back to the community. So put yourself out of your comfort zone in those events. It makes a big difference as well. So your daily environment of growth and also um, push yourself out of your comfort zone. At least once a year, you need to get into a different room. Let's talk about some setbacks, Sean. Have you, you, it's just been perfect, all sunshine and rainbows in your career, right? It's been, it's been beautiful. Every single day is easy. It hasn't been a hard day yet. It's awesome. <laughs> so the reality is um, you've had tough days, man. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that you hate to talk about because you want to, you know, look like you, you know, have everything under control, you know, what you're doing, especially at the beginning. And even now, I mean, some days I still have no idea what I'm doing. I'm learning as much as I can every day to get better, but I've had um, eight mutual, release, mutual releases in my six-month time. That's more than the average agent closes in a year. <laughs> um, that's tough. Um, it's tough pill to swallow, especially because, you know, I really want to be the best at everything I do. And that was huge. Every single time I had a mutual release, the people I've talked to, some of them may be here, some of them aren't. I've talked to and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm the worst agent. I'm letting my team down. I'm letting my clients down. I must be doing something wrong every single time. And they hit me really, really hard, um, especially after the third one. The first one, all right, it was my first week. Um, but after the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, um, those, those hurt. Yeah, um, it's it's not easy, right? Like, and there's, um, dude, thank you for sharing uh, and being uh, transparent and vulnerable. Um, it's, that's how other people learn because a lot of, 
I'll just, I'll just be real, right? This is, this is my platform. So I'll just be honest. There's a lot of these platforms, a lot of these people that um, sell sunshine and rainbows and sell all this stuff. Number one, I'm not selling anything. Um, And number two, this is the reality. Like this isn't theory, this is proven. And so Sean is selling, closing 30 homes in his first six months, but it could have been 40, right? It could have been more than that if he wouldn't have got, had these setbacks and this mindset stuff that he had to deal with where he almost gave up on real estate. And so I think it's important that we share the reality of it's not always easy. Yes, he's got great accolades. He's had great success very early on, but that doesn't mean it's been an easy journey, right? And and when those days happen, you have to, one, I got into the bad habit of if that would happen the rest of my day, I went home, like I I shut down. I did the, what I, minimum work to get by the day to the next day. Take a little bit of time. If it's an hour, two hours, go do whatever you need to do. Come back, get back into the grind. Because if you let your whole business stop because of one mutual release, how many more are you going to have? Um, and the second is find one thing that you could have done differently to, um, to maybe correct that. One of mine, it underappraised by a lot, but I still went back and said, all right, what could I have done differently to help correct this in the future going forward? Maybe there is nothing, but there's at least one takeaway you could have. Dude, that ties into another core value that we have. It's one of my personal values and it's one of our team core values, accepting responsibility, right? You can't change what you don't own. And so what Sean just demonstrated there is that even though shit happened that was out of his control, um, even though that things happened, mutual releases that he, instead of pointing the finger, he said, all right, what could I have done differently to prevent this from happening again? What can I do differently to serve um, these buyers at a higher level next time this happens? And I mean, I think that's a huge key to your success, man, is being willing to own that to figure out what could I have done differently. Maybe there's nothing, but at least looking in the mirror first is the only way that you truly grow. Yeah. So never blame my client. It's, it's on yeah. me. It's never the client. For sure. Um, let's talk about some uh, mental toughness. How, how has that had to play in your success so far? Um, especially going through those, um, having that, knowing my why, it makes it very, very um I know every single day why I'm getting up, um, what I'm doing, what I'm doing, even on those tough days where someone yells at you, been cursed out by people before, gotten hang up, hung up on, um, knowing why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's more than just about me. Um, it's for the team. It's for so much other, you know, other stuff. Um, having that mental toughness to know if I get hung up on, that's okay. It's not the end of the world. If someone curses me out, no big deal. I'm going to take it on the chin. How can I still serve this client? How can I still help this person? Even if they don't want to be helped, what can I do to help make their life better? Um, it's huge. Yeah. And sometimes those people don't want help. Right. And we can't help the people that don't want help. So just move on, but don't let that ruin your entire day of now you can't help other people. Right. hundred percent. Um, and especially dude, eight mutual releases in six months, like that's massive, right? Um, the average agent sells five to six homes a year and you have, you have lost more contracts in your first six months than the average agent sells. And so going through that mental toughness, going through all of that and keep like just the, the will to keep going, the grit and the tenacity that you have shown, um, dude, I couldn't be more proud. And that's one of the ma- major reasons for your success. And I, dude, I feel like you're just getting started. Like 30 and six months is, um, is amazing. But um, with your mindset, with your work ethic, with the grit and the determination, the willingness to learn, dude, like it's uh, the sky's the limit. Um, so, and it's honestly, you'll look back one day, dude, and you'll say like the, all of these things that happen, like those mutual releases, yeah, they sucked at the time, but I'm glad they happened then because I learned this lesson, this lesson, and this lesson, and now I'm way better of an agent because of that, right? Um, I think that's another important part that people leave out whenever you accept responsibility for those things and you truly learn from them. Now they serve you, 
right? It's not a failure. It's a it's a lesson in the past that serves you in the future. Um, let's talk about the the process versus the result. We talk about leading indicators versus lagging indicators. Um, what is your thought process on those? So one reason those hit me so hard, in the, especially in the beginning, because I was very, very result driven. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove to the team, to people around me that I belonged here. Um, I really, really wanted to, I want to be the best at what I do and I want to show value. So to me, that was the result. Um, I've since shifted that mindset, especially around my, you know, mutually four or five um, to <laughs> focusing on the process. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, focusing on the process, um, showing up every day, doing the, keeping to my calendar, no matter what happens around me, no matter the outside forces. I mean, I've had days where I've gotten no, not under contract. I've had weeks where I've had none under contract, um, had a month where I had none under contract. And then all of a sudden you keep taking the exact same process. You get three or four under contract in a week. It's just, it's crazy how it happens. Um, I said, I think 60 or 80 appointments in my first two months, um, nothing was happening, no under contract. And then all of a sudden, bam, nine under contract in, uh, I think a three week time span. It's crazy. It's, um, if, if you take, there's a lot of nuggets Sean has given you, but that's a huge one there, um, is, Quit focusing on the result and fall in love with the process, especially in a transitioning market, especially with what's going on in the news, especially with what's going on with interest rates. It is so crucial to be the resource and be the educator, be the lighthouse. Like there's a storm going on, be the lighthouse for your clients, for your community. And maybe now is not a good time for them, right? And so don't, don't fall in love with, well, I need that contract. No, you need to help people and you need to focus on your daily actions that you know that you can help people. And if you do that for a period of time, my number is 90 days. Like one of my mentors, Andy Versella says 100 days. Your last 100 days, if you look back and you look through your calendar, you dissect what you did and did not do, you are exactly where you are because of what you did or did not do your last 100 days, period. The actions that you took or you choose not to take, that is a result of where you are or where you are not in your life. And so it's so crucial you fall in love with that process on a daily basis. And we'll give you the, uh, Sean's schedule so you can see kind of what his process looks like. Uh, we might even, and he even shared 10 conversations is one of his numbers, one of his metrics, right? Um, I love that he's not even tracking dials. He's tracking conversations because that's that's what really moves the needle forward. However many dials it takes to have those. Um, dude, let's talk about prospecting. Um, so how has prospecting help your business? it's brought most of the business. It's um, it's what you do every single day that actually moves that needle. Like you said, like 90 days, um, that's crucial. Um, what I do is like, I talked about my schedule is if you're not doing at least an hour a day, um, you're not really even, you're not even in the business. Um, two hours a day, especially in this market right now is in my opinion. And what a lot of people are saying is like the minimum. If you're not doing an hour a day, um, what are you doing the rest of your day? Yeah, you cannot afford to work mm -hmm. on accident in this market, right? Mm -hmm. It's this market. So the mark discipline used to be a choice, right? Discipline is one of our core values, right? Um, Sean is very disciplined is one of his keys to success, right? Um, but there is so, so it's so important that you understand that in the previous market, the last three years, you could have chosen to be disciplined or chosen not to. You no longer have a choice because if the market will discipline those who don't discipline themselves. You guys should write that down. Discipline is no longer a choice. 
If I choose not to discipline myself, the market will discipline me. The market is going to discipline those who don't discipline themselves. It's no longer an option. You have to be disciplined. Um, I, I say something a lot, um, and I think it's been a common theme, and I heard other people saying it now. It's just becoming a theme in our office, and I got it from my good friend Kelly Salter. I wish I had her cool accent to say it because um, she's got a, a really cool accent, but she calls it stay in the box, right? And so when I say stay in the box when you're in your prospecting, when you're in your phone calls, what does that mean to you? So to me, that's something new, especially we've been hitting on. When I first started, I was not doing that very well, and I ended up hanging up on a lot of people that I shouldn't have. Um, to me now, it's staying in that mindset, even if they're throwing an objection or what seems like an objection to you, um, still seeing how you can help them, what they're actual, what they're actually saying to you over what their words are, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't believe what people say. I believe what they do. Mm -hmm. Actions speak louder than words. We've all heard that. But let rephrase that. I don't believe what they say. I believe what they do. And so their actions got them in. Going back to the conversation earlier about the cold leads, right? Like I don't believe in cold leads. Cold leads don't exist. If they have if they have registered, they're in my CRM. They are at, at a minimum a warm lead. They have raised their hand, and there's something I can do to help them. So I don't care what they tell me; their actions told me something different. And actions speak louder than words. And so you have to have that mindset and realize that you're not calling to sell them; you're calling to help them. Like all of those things help, but stay in the box means don't give up after your first objection. Hmm. Don't give up when it's a sales skepticism question. It's not even an objection yet. You have to stay in the box. You have to stay critical in the box. You have to realize that I'm on this phone call to help Sean and I'm going to do whatever it takes to handle whatever objection throws at me. They throw at me because I know that I can help him. I know that I can serve him. I know that I have information that's valuable to him in this marketplace. Like I did this personally. We were doing Monday mayhem and we were short on a few appointments. Sean was one of the first people that stayed with me after hours. And I, I said, I set an appointment. I, I played it out to the team. Like I'm rusty. Um, but it was a seller lead that did not want to talk to me, like had met with other agents had decided that now wasn't a good time to sell because of all these rumors that they heard. So I educated, I handled seven objections in one phone call in less than six minutes and set an appointment because I stayed in the box. I don't believe what she says. I believe what she has done. She's already met with real estate agents for a reason. She told me that she would sell if she could get the right price. It's my job to meet with her. And so I stayed in the box. I handled those objections. I didn't give up. And by being able to handle those objections properly and stay in the box and stay in my scripting because I've mastered it and it's internalized in me, I was able to help and set that appointment. And now we are getting that listing, right? It makes a massive difference. If you do that over the period of weeks and months in your organization and you teach your other agents, if you're a leader to do that, what is that going to look like in conversion rates in your business? It's massive. Stay in the box. Don't give up. We're no longer in the market where buyers, buyers and sellers tell us what to do and when to do it. You are the professional. Start acting like it. Quit being an order taker and start providing value and you drive the bus. It is your responsibility as a real estate professional to do that because they don't have all the correct information. They don't know what's going on in the market and the interest rates. They don't know what's going on in the economy. They have assumptions that they heard from mainstream media. It is your responsibility to educate them and let them know about different programs like 2-1 buy-downs, the different programs that you may have to help them in their unique situation. That is valuable information for you to share with all of them, but you have to stay in the box to be able to give them that information. Some thanks for lead conversion that we use, uh, seven-day blitz, right? Um, Sean, you want to talk about that briefly? Yeah, so we do a seven-day blitz process. Basically, it's um, a phone call, an email, a text, and when I within the program and I'm huge on is video text every day for seven days. We have got a cadence with it. 
but we have a specific plan of well, we're going to talk to that person and reach out to them every day for seven days. Um, it provides huge results. And typically by day five or six, they're going to answer in some way, even if it's not super nice, they're going to at least respond to you some way. I love it. Um, I think having a, a follow-up cadence is important and dude, we could do a whole nother who yeah, maybe no. we, maybe we do. Um, let us know in the chat if you want to do we, maybe we could do a live in the private group or maybe we could do another webinar. Um, what if we did a whole uh, class on lead conversion in this market? What scripts you use, what you say, how you say it, um, what follow-up cadence you use, what value adds, how to handle objections. Let me know. Yes. Yes or no. In the, in the chat, if you want that or in the Q and a, sorry. Um, uh, so video text, you have to make sure I'm gonna go back. I'm sorry. I'm reading through. I'm, uh, we're running out of time. I want to respect your guys' time. We have a bunch of questions here. I want to answer too. So I'm going to go through this quickly. Um, but you have to make sure you're prospecting with intent. Don't call just to call. What is the purpose of your call? Your purpose of the call is to get face to face so you can help them. Don't lose track of that when they say, well, I'm just looking and you say, okay, I'll send you properties, right? Like that's not what salespeople do. Quit it. Stop. It's not going to work. That person on the phone or the other of the phone deserves more. And it's your responsibility to, to deliver more. Um, video text. Video text is crucial for multiple reasons. Number one, my communication circle. I talk about it all the time. Um, one of the, my focuses for 2023 is to become a better communicator. I think the better I can communicate, uh, the better that I can spread the message, the more people I can help. And so with that, I studied a lot of things on communication. And there's, I call it my communication circle. Only 7% of how people receive communication is the actual words that you say. So if you're sending a text message or an email, there's a 93% chance they're going to misinterpret that. If you ever got a text message from someone, you're like, well, why the hell is Sean pissed off at me? What did I do wrong? And you call Sean, you're like, hey, man, dude, what's wrong? And he's cool, nothing's wrong. He's like, what are you talking about? Because you misinterpreted the text, because you can only, you can only deliver 7% of communication. There's another 38% that is the tonality, that is how you raise your voice, the different nuances of your excitement. You lean in, you pull back, different things that you do with your voice, 38% is how people receive communication. That's why a phone call works better than a text. That's why a phone call works better than an email. But we're, that's only 45%. You're still missing the biggest part of the circle, which is 55%. And that is visual. That is body language. You can see me even on this Zoom. Like I can't, if I sit on my hands, I, it's not the same result, right? You guys aren't getting the same message. It doesn't sound as good. Now, if I, if I don't even change my voice, like imagine the difference that it would be, right? That's, you guys don't receive the same message. And it's so important, your buyers, your sellers, your clients, your community don't receive your full message unless you have 100% of that circle filled. And video text gives you the biggest portion of that because it gives the visual aspect. You get to show your body language. You get to share your excitement with more than just an emoji, right? It's so real. And people actually get to see your face. They know you're a real person. Right. It makes a huge difference. Um, something we promised, um, Sean, we use video text for everything, right? Like anytime you're going to text them, why not just a congratulation text? Hey, Sean, congratulations. You're under contract, right? Video works great. But where I think a big thing has came in is a ghosting text. Like when people ghost us, right? Which it happens in this business. Sean, if I were to ask you, let's role play quickly with the people. Um, if I, if I was a buyer that ghosted you and you sent me a video text, what would you say? Because you've had tremendous success with this, right? I have. So what would you say to me in that video text? So I'm actually used this one recently in the last, I've had actually had three buyers around the holidays. They just 
were really looking pre-approved and it just stopped talking to me. They completely ghosted me. Um, so especially around, you know, big events, holidays, I just want to say, hey, thank you so much. Um, I hope you're doing well and I hope you had a really great Christmas. Um, I will talk to you again soon. Don't, you know, you don't have to go super into detail about anything. Just tell them Merry Christmas, provide some value. And they almost feel obligated to respond to me. Um, I honestly just wanted to reach out to them, see how they were. And almost all of them have apologized. I'm so sorry. Whatever reason, they've given me the reason why they haven't talked to me for three weeks. Because you're now a person. You weren't a person before. You were a text, right? Now you're a person because they see your face, right? It makes a massive difference. It's so crucial. Um, we have a couple of templates of that. Or do you have any templates of that you could share, Sean, of what those oh, videos yeah, like are? Three, three or four different ones that I use. Would you guys like that? Would you like it if he sent you like a script for those video texts that he's had tremendous success with? Cool. I see some thumbs up. Awesome. Yeah, we'll um, make a note of that, Sean. We'll, we'll add that to our email that we send out after. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so important. You call with intent. You set the appointment. Get face-to-face, -face, right? Um, it's so crucial. And, guys, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Um, let me know in the chat because I'm curious. But I would be willing to bet that you as an agent have hung up on more leads than leads have hung up on you. Let me know if you agree or disagree in the chat. Say agree or disagree. You as an agent have hung up on more leads than leads have hung up on you. I see some agrees. Some people that are not answering, probably afraid, hard disagree. Cool, Steve. I love it. Sadly, yes. Cool. So, guys, here's, here's why I'm going with that. Here's my definition of a hangup. If I, as an agent, if I don't end the call with an appointment and I say, well, Sean, it was great talking to you. I'll just follow up with you later. That's a hangup. Hey, Sean, um, I'll just send you some properties. Let me know if you see anything you like. That's a hangup. Let me know if you see anything you like, Sean. Send it over. We'll take a look. Basically, hey, you do my work for me. You find a good property and I'll let you in the door. Mm -hmm. That's a hangup. If you don't handle three objections in the phone call, that's a hang up. Stay in the box. You should expect objections as a salesperson. Quit getting frustrated. Quit getting uh, defensive. People are objective to salespeople because they don't understand and you have not articulated the value that they know they need you yet. So don't get offended. Realize that is your job. The better you become at handling objections, the calmer you can remain when they give you those objections and handle them appropriately, the more money you will make, the more people you will help. In sales, you get objections. That's part of it. So it's not their job to tell you when they want to set an appointment. It's your job to demonstrate value that is important for you to meet, for them to meet with you. So all of those equal hangups in my book. We hang up on so many clients, so many. And if we are waiting on the client to tell us, hey, can we meet tomorrow? Hey, I want to go look at this property. Hey, I'm ready to sell my house. Guys, you're going to get ran over in this new market. It is not going to cut it. You have to educate. You have to demonstrate value. You have to stay in the box. It's time to be salespeople. Because the better salespeople we are, the more people we can help. Because that's what this industry is all about. We're helping them with the biggest purchase or sale of their life in most cases. It requires you to have a little bit of skill set. It requires you to be a little uncomfortable. 
So quit hanging up on your clients. There's two ways to end a phone call. That is a set appointment or you set up your next phone call as an appointment. You set an in-person appointment or you set up another phone call appointment. If you're having a valid conversation, meaning it's someone, now that doesn't apply to someone says they're not interested in buying, right? Like I'm going to try to handle that. But if they say, yeah, I'm just kind of looking, I'm browsing. Number one, that's not an objection. They're supposed to browse. If you were going to buy a house, what would you do? You would look, you would browse. You walk into a shoe store, they say, how can I help you? What do you say? Oh, I'm just looking. You walked into the damn shoe store to buy a pair of shoes, but you said they're just looking. They're in your shoe store. It is your job to handle that, to get past that skepticism. That's not even an objection to be able to help them through the process. That's what salespeople do. So quit hanging up on people. Make sure that you are staying in the box and handling those conversations appropriately. And it's not, I'm not saying be pushy. I'm not saying be salesy. I'm saying be helpful. Because you can't help them if they have those limiting beliefs. They don't understand the current status of the market. They're just looking. Are they better off looking by themselves? Or can you help them build a better plan for when they want to buy or sell? That's your job. So you have to handle that, get past that, and help them develop a plan and be on their side. And you become trusted. You build that rapport. You build that relationship. And now you can actually help them through that process. So quit hanging up on people. Um. Sean, I think you you put this right in this market. You can't just send properties and hope they call you. Um, Talk about that, that a little bit. Times. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, every time that we do that, what are the odds they're actually going to call you back? Or they just talk to the next person. They don't, they don't trust you. They're not going to send you the property. They're going to talk to the first person that answers that phone that says, "I want to see this property." If we're just opening doors for them, what are we doing? We're we're just we're not an agent. We're not we're not on their team. We're just opening the door, writing a contract, hoping to get paid. That's yep. not what we're we're about. That's right. We are so we got so conditioned over the last three years of the pandemic market that we were order takers. We did what they asked us to do, and we didn't have to have much of a skill set. Right. Our toughest thing to do was to write multiple offers, highest and best, and secure the property. Right. Like that was the toughest thing to do. Is which buyer are we going to choose because which one has the best buying power to buy this house? Right. Like. In reality, in a lot of markets, that was the toughest thing to do. Like there's more nuances to it, right? I'm making it sound easier than it was. But for perspective, that's not the market we're in now. And it's we have to make sure that we don't turn over the power to the to the prospect. What I mean by that is not that I want to be the one that's in a power mode, but I know that I have education and information that can help guide them through this process as the professional. And so I need to have a bit of the power. The only way I can have the power in the relationship is if I deposit enough value into that relationship. And I do that by handling objections and providing value and educating them on what is going on and helping them develop a plan that fits for them and their family's needs. Like that's what salespeople do. And it's time to get back to that. You can't just send and hope. It doesn't work. Um, must set the appointment, even if it's not your ideal scenario. Sean, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So especially when you're starting out, if you don't have a ton of business, um, I'm all about saying yes to the appointment. Um, it may not be the, they may want to rent. They may not be super high income. It may be farther out than you want to drive. You may have to pay a referral for it. I'm always about getting face to face with that client. Who knows? They may be in a completely different price point than they think they can be. They may could afford a lot bigger house. Honestly, I just love being able to help people. And how many referrals are going to get from that client once they close? I've already had multiple people who bought. Now they're selling with a team. Now they know three other people that want to buy. That transaction turns into four or five transactions. So, yeah, for sure. It's just take care of the people, right? Like help people. 
it's it's um it sounds simple but yeah right just help them and i think a lot of a big hang up too is a lot of agents don't set the appointment what i found is because they don't know what to do at the appointment right they're afraid to handle the objections they're afraid to stay in the box because they don't know if they have enough value to provide when they meet with them in person and that comes from education that comes from doing it that comes from putting in the reps because your job isn't to find them the quote-unquote perfect property get rid of that that does not exist your job is to find the why behind the what don't fall in love with the property fall in love with the motivation on why they're looking to buy or sell real estate get to know them so the heart chooses and the mind justifies tie into their emotions tie into their heart tie into why it is important for them and their family when you do that you build a relationship you build trust you build rapport and then they will let you in so you can help develop a plan that fits their needs that's the secret to sales that's how you sell in this market. But you can't do that if you're not willing to stay in the box. You're not willing to be consistent on your calendar. You're not willing to show up every day and role play. Like those things are crucial in this market. All right, Sean, let's wrap this up and I'm gonna go to Q and A. Sorry guys, we're running a little long. Um, yes, this will be recorded. We'll send out the recording afterwards too for someone who has to go to a doctor appointment. Um, but stay tuned. If you still got questions, we're gonna, I'm gonna go to Q and A in a minute. We're, I, I can stay on until 1.30. So um, I've got another 13, 13 minutes. Um, Sean, last question for you, and we'll have about 10 minutes of Q&A, is what is your biggest tip or piece of advice that you would give to the agents listening? Focus on the process, not the results. I know we've hit on it multiple times now. Um, it is so crucial, especially starting out, because if you've been an agent a month, two months, three months, you're probably not having tons of success yet. It takes time. I, I didn't have my first closing for almost two, three months. And then all of a sudden, here we are, like things are, you know, blowing up quick, but um, focus on that result, on that process and the result will eventually come. I love it. Fall in love with the process. All right. I'm going to turn it over to some Q&A. If you guys have other questions, please ask. I'm going to go back and get caught up here um, with some other questions. How do you learn about market stats? Um, or trends, how do you prepare for those first appointments? So market stats, um, I use our MLS, right? I study that um, almost daily um, and ask those different stats and trends. As far as um, finding my local market stats, that's where I go to is our MLS has all of that. You just need to learn how to navigate that and dissect that data as the professional. Like, I feel like that's something that we need to be experts on. Um, you can't rely on an outside source for your local market data, my opinion. Uh, but if you want national market data, keeping current matters is a great resource. Mm -hmm. It has everything that you need. It talks about interest rates, talk about current state of the economy. There's a lot of great stuff there. It's a resource that we use is keeping current matters. Um, Sean, how do you prepare for those first appointments? That's a question here. That's huge. Um, we have a really, really good uh, buyer's consultation. Um, so knowing, like you talked about, knowing the market, if I don't know the market more than the client, how am I providing or serving them if I don't know the market more than they do. Um, so having that some sort of presentation has some printouts, something to provide value to them. That's the most important thing. And then you'll, you'll get the why when you get there and meet with them, but provide some sort of value, whether it's market data, whatever else you want to bring. Um, that's crucial. I love it. Um, Sean, uh, I'll leave this to you. How do you keep track of your conversations? So we actually use a system that uh, keeps track of our conversations um, through our CRM. So if you don't have that, um, I also use a daily tracker where I can keep track of conversations. So if you don't have and you don't want to pay for some expensive software, 
literally have a pen and paper next to you and keep track of conversation, phone calls, what's working, what isn't. Um, we also, you know, we're fortunate to be able to have CRMs and systems that track that. If you have questions, uh, feel free to ask us an all or nothing. I'm sure, I'm sure we can share all that with you. Um, but if you're just starting out, pen and paper, it's, it's not, not nothing, doesn't have to be, you know, mind breaking. Yeah, for sure. Just keep track of it, right? The numbers matter. Mm -hmm. So find what works best for you. Our CRM does it for us. We believe in um, tracking things and numbers and metrics. So, um, and then uh, we have, do you have scripts you can send out to practice? Um, so I don't have any of those prepared, uh, kind of, and, and, and I would be doing you a disservice if I just sent you scripts without any like meaning behind it and when to use the script, when to say this, when to say that it's just words on paper. Um, and so I think if we do a 2.0 of this, which it sounds like we have some demand for it, whether we do a webinar or just do a live in the group, um, we can go in depth on that and then we can send it out there. I just, I don't want to send, I don't want to send and hope, right? Like, I don't want to just send you listings, Lisa, and hope that you understand the scripts. Um, and so, uh, we'll, we'll go more in depth on that. I see one by someone anonymous, um, with a really long paragraph about struggling with goals and consistency. Um, I would love to talk with you more about this. That's a very, um, in, in depth question about, you know, abundance in life. And I'd love to talk with anyone, um, feel free to tag us in the all or nothing, um, group, um, Matt will send that out later, or you can follow, uh, DM me on Instagram, um, at the Sean MacArthur. And I'd love to talk with you more and kind of dive into that a little bit about what you're asking right there too. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to share my screen guys. There's a QR code here. Um, this is, is access to my link tree. Um, just full transparency. I'm not selling anything here, um, but we are, we already have a next webinar. We're going to talk about how we recruited 20 agents in 30 days. And um, we're going to break down that process. If you're looking to grow your organization, we're going to break that down in our next webinar. We have access to our podcast that I do for free is in that link. Um, we also have access to, um, I'm a, I'm a coach for John Sheplak. Um, I coach a lot of elite teams throughout the country and I am currently taking on, I've got space for two more clients currently. So if that interests you, um, there's a coaching link there that you can get a free coaching consultation with me to see if we're a good fit. Um, and I also am a partner with eXp Realty and I'm looking for strategic partners that I can help pour into this stuff at an entirely deeper, deeper level, um, and create those, those win-win partnerships. And so all of that is available in that link. I mean, follow us on socials, all that stuff, but you can get all of that there. Um, I'm going to keep going through questions here. So, uh, but I wanted to share that with you guys in case you guys could find more value from the podcast, et cetera. Um, and also go ahead and register for our next webinar. It's going to be great um, on how to recruit. We really broke down the process. Um, let's see. How did you start to get your leads? Um, so, Tim, um, I, I wish I wish we could talk uh, in depth about this, um, like back and forth. But uh, it's I'm assuming you're a new agent. So I'm going to make some assumptions here. I'm assuming you're a new agent and I'm assuming that maybe you're not on a team with a big database. And so my first advice would be in this market, um, it's important that the power is in your database. And so we have a very large database on our team that allows people to go to um, the quote unquote cold or old leads, which are leads that just haven't been engaged um, in, in a week or two um, because of just the, the lead flow that we have and different things we built over the years on our team. Um, but the best lead source is a lead source that you're going to work. And so if I were a new agent in this new market, and I did a video on this. If I were a new agent in this new market and I had no money and I wanted to grow my business, the first thing that I would do is I would go and I would find nice neighborhoods and nice houses. And I would find ones that are listed for sale. I would call the listing agent and I would say, hey, would you mind if I did an open house to help your seller out on 123 Main Street? And I would start doing free open houses. 
that's no money involved. You don't have to do anything. It's just a little bit of time that gives you the opportunity to now have a reason to, to circle prospect around that house, gives you a reason to door knock. It gives you a reason to meet with people face to face. And if no one shows up, guess what? You can use that as a prospecting hour in that house. Um, but it, it gets you seen as the professional. And so uh, I think that's where I would start. Um, in addition to that, like social media, their branding and marketing uh, depends on what you want to do. Social media is a big play for us. Uh, we also do Google pay-per-click. Um, we do realtor.com, Zillow, um, you name it, we've done it. We do uh, referral sources. We do anything that gives us a positive ROI and allows us to help more people. Um, but just starting out, you just have to be very budget conscious. Um, I would, I highly believe in teams. Um, if I did not own a team, I would be on a team just because of the leverage and the value that it creates. And so maybe that's something you could look into. Or if you are on a team, go with your team leader and say, hey, um, I need some leads to call um, because it's not all about new leads. The average uh, conversion rate of an online lead is 18 to 24 months. And it's probably going to extend during this market shift. And so if they registered two years ago and did not buy or sell a home, like they have not been called because real estate agents are notorious for not following up. And so there's still value in that database. And so it's be careful not relying on just new leads. Sean, any insight there? I mean, it's huge, especially with the open house hitting on that. Um, we've been doing a lot of open houses recently and I've gotten a lead or a great conversation at each of our last three that we've done. Um, and there's multiple people there. So we've each gotten one. So it's not like I'm just the only person there. One person came by. We're each getting at least one lead conversation, referral, something. There's so much traction for open houses, especially starting out because you can do them with basically no money. Buy some waters, put a sign up. All you got to do. Um, Sean, what's your goal for 2023? Um, so on the real estate side, just as far as transactions, uh, my goal for 2023 is 70. Not including any other businesses, other goals like that. You know, you got to have multiple things, but um, just for as far as transactions, 70 for next year. Awesome. Um, let me try to grab the link to that. Um, Sean, Sean, can you go through some questions? I'm going to try to grab yeah. the link to that QR code to put in the chat. Some people oh, are on man. the phone. Um, one of them is about our best lead source. Um, how many people are in your CRM? Yeah. So as far as best lead source, like you talked about, it's the, the one that um, you're working. Um, I've had a lot of success with OpCity. Um, a lot of agents don't love using OpCity because they pay referrals on the back end. Um, but if you're starting out, you're not paying for referrals up front. You're paying them at the closing. And I've had tons of good conversations. I've had quite a few closings from them. Um, they're an awesome source. I would look into that. Um, as far as like, I have a couple of questions about um, the people in our CRM. Um, we've had uh, thousands. Um, as far uh, we're as at, we're, we have 39,000 right now active in our database. Quite a few. Yeah. Um, I think I have 200 in mine, um, maybe a little bit more somewhere in there. Um, but the most important thing is being efficient with what you do have. So whether I had, whenever I had 10, when I had five, one thing we didn't talk about was the sphere of influence. Someone said all of my college, all of my friends and all of my spheres broke college kids. Um, I've only been in the area for maybe a year uh, and I've already closed two sphere, um, in the area, um, because it turns out lots of people that you know weren't looking at buying. They don't know the process. You talk to them, all of a sudden they want to buy. I've had you know already two closings and a couple more referrals, some people that are looking, and I don't know that many people here. Love it. 
Um, those of you that are still, if you're still on here, Greg, um, I, I just put the QR code there. Um, and someone else, I put the QR code there. If you're not able to scan that, um, I'll give you the link tree link. Um, yeah, it's, it's guys, it's, it's all about mindset, right? Like how we started is that it's, we can have the mindset of, well, it's not fair. I don't have a database or well, I don't have a sphere. So what do I do? Or we can, it's, it's not resources that we lack. It's resourcefulness sometimes. And it's time to get hungry. It's time to get gritty. Think outside the box um, and put in that action and that effort over a period of time. Here's what I found over my years of growing a team. Like, I, I like here's a little backstory. I mean, my very first year in real estate, I sold 74 transactions. My very first full year as a single agent. My number one lead source was renters that I turned into buyers. I found holes, found opportunities that didn't cost me money. And I had a conversation and provided value about why they should purchase instead of rent, right? Um, and it, it's evolved ever since then. Every lead source that we have ever purchased, with the exception of very, very few, have worked if we work them properly. When I say worked, we have gotten positive results and a positive ROI from them. It's all about how you handle the leads. The, the quality, the skill set of the agent determines the quality of the lead. You can give me the best lead on the planet, but the agent that doesn't answer in the first five minutes, the answer doesn't have a follow-up cadence, the answer, the agent that doesn't know how to have the correct scripts and dialogues to, to help them through that conversation, like they're going to frustrate that buyer and the buyer is going to go somewhere else. It's not always about the lead. It's about the skill set. And what is cool about that is that we can control that. I can control my attitude. I can control my effort. I can control my skill set on how I talk, talk to these leads because how we talk to the leads, how we um, help them through their process and our follow-up cadence and the value we provide determines the value of that lead. Sean, would you, would you agree with that? Or do you have any insight on that? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's not like my leads are any better than they were a few months ago. Um, I'm converting much higher. I'm, I'm sure there's actually less, there's actually less leads now and I'm converting at a higher rate because the skill sets are growing. Um, and again, one thing we talked about, I brought up some people here before, if you are getting leads and they're coming in right now, they're, if they're coming in, regardless of the market, they're very, very hot leads. You need to be talking to them as fast as possible. That, that's crucial. Speed to lead is everything, man. Um, Joe Ferraro, what's up, Joe? Uh, we share your agent excellence 2.0 plan. Um, yeah, send me a private message, Joe. It's kind of a work in progress. We're not finalized yet, but I'm happy to share the, um, kind of the, the plan of what that is. We've done four of eight classes, I believe. Um, with the holidays, we kind of took a break from that, but I'm happy to share. Reach out to me, uh, send me a message, reach out to me. I'm happy to. Um, Sean, Tim says, Legion is a big deal. I'm a new, I'm, I am new. And it is hard for me to focus on who to call. How do I focus on leads? Oh, that's tough. Um, so if you're not on a team, um, I can only talk really from the team perspective and I've never been a solo agent. I'm not sure how that works. If you are a solo agent, um, reach out to us. We'd love to kind of help you with a network, find some ways for you to kind of like dig into whatever you do have. I'd love to look at that and we can talk more. Um, yeah, we, as as we do have connections to some mm -hmm. lead sources that we can connect you with too. Um, depending on your market, depending on your availability, um, it, you have to produce, you have to be willing to be held accountable, but we have, we, through our network, through my um, coaching opportunities, we have some access to some of that stuff. So if that's interest, you reach out to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, market information. I covered that. So Joe says, Sean, so do buyers only available going showings from two to 6 PM? <laughs> 
So that's that's new. Um, so as you're growing in your business, um, it's not 100%. Um, so I have found when I first started, anytime somebody wanted a showing, I dropped everything, left the office, and I was going to show. Um, Matt and the team have very, you know, been talking to us and teaching us that's not correct. Um, and whenever you're leaving your prospecting, how how are you hurting your business for the next 90 days to go show that one client who may or may not even buy a home? Um, so I set a schedule from two to six, and then I also have that um, follow-up maintenance from 1030 to 12. If I need to lose my lunch, that's fine. Um, but if you tell them, hey, I have an appointment at 10, is there any way we can meet at two o'clock? 95% of the time, they'll say, that's no problem. I totally understand. Dude, 100%, 100% like that. Yes, your schedule has to be flexible as a real estate agent. But you also like, I had a rule, because um, I was working so much when I was in the field, is that I wouldn't show on Sundays, right? Like that was my family day. And like, I drew a hard line on it. And 99% of my clients respected that, right? But I have to like there, I if it was it came down to it, I lost a couple clients, I was not willing to bend. And if they didn't understand, like it wasn't an urgent marketplace. They just wanted to be difficult. And so they needed to go find someone else to help them. Right. Um, but it's very important that you have that plan and you draw those boundaries. There are always exceptions. Like if this was a market from 18 months ago where homes are flying off the shelf in three minutes, you can adjust that. Right. But you always ask the question, especially in today's market. Hey, um, I actually have another appointment at 10 o'clock when you want to do that showing. Is there any way that we could do it at 2.30? Most of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, not a problem. But we're afraid to ask that question. We're afraid that, well, my, we have a show and we got to go. Number one, make sure you pre-qualify that showing. Are they pre-approved? Have you had a consultation with them? Or are you just a door opener, right? There's other value to go into that too. Mm -hmm. um, but, Sean, I, dude, I appreciate you. Um, thank you for providing value. Uh, we had a lot of people on for this full time. Thank you guys for staying late that stayed. Um if you guys don't mind in the Q&A, uh, just can you thank Sean for his time and sharing the value if you got value out of this? Um, he's taking a lot of time out of his busy day to help and share this knowledge. And I know there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, guys, don't forget the QR code here if you're interested in any of the things we talked about, coaching opportunities, our next webinar, podcast, um, partnership with us in our EXP network. Um, there's a lot of value that we are trying to provide that we don't try, that we are providing to a lot of people. Um, and if that interests you at all, um, please set up a time there and be happy to have that conversation. And, um, Sean and I need to go to the drawing board on lead conversion and see how we're going to, um, how we're going to provide value there. So stay tuned okay. for that. I'll send a recording via email, um, from this to all of you that attended. We'll also send Sean's ideal schedule. Um, was there something else we promised Sean? Yeah. Oh, and the, the ghost legion, uh, text templates. Yep. Ghost lead scripts. Um, all, look out for that, all that via email that will be. Um, within the next 48 hours, depending on how long everything processes, that will be in your in inbox. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. And we'll catch you at the next one.